Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. If you came to Jesus Christ this morning, if you've ever accepted Him as personally as your Lord and Savior, then you came on level ground. And that makes us from that point on all equal. We were equal before, we just didn't realize it. Now on this side of the cross, what I am? I'm a sinner saved by grace. Same as you. I didn't earn it. I couldn't earn it. I could never be good enough to get there. The only reason I'm on this side of the cross is because of God's grace. And that's why you are equal. So the Bible says there's no male, no female, no black, no white, no Jew, Gentile, no man, woman. What? We're all equal. In this walk of faith, there's no room for pride. It affects our testimony. It affects our walk. And it can also cause problems with those around us. You see, when we walk with a proud spirit, boasting of the works of our own hands, it's hard for others to work with us. Understand that as members of the body of Christ, we're to work together, realizing that there isn't one person that's greater than the other in this body. So don't allow pride to puff you up. Remember where your talent and abilities came from, and never forget to give credit where credit is due. It is God, our Creator, who deserves all the praise. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 10, with the conclusion of our message entitled, Walk Humbly with God. Proverbs 13.10 says, Pride only breeds quarrels. And what were the disciples doing? Quarreling. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. And lastly, you know this one if you've been in church at all in your life. Proverbs 16.18, Pride goes before destruction in a haughty spirit, before a fall. So Jesus says to his disciples, you need an attitude adjustment, not the one you get at 5 o'clock at your local bar or whatever. He says, you need an attitude adjustment, and it's going to come from my teaching. These ambitions, these selfish feelings that are part of you, you've mistaken your identity. You think you're important. You're not really important. So if the greatest sin in the kingdom of God is pride, the greatest virtue in the kingdom of God is humility. In the kingdom of God, who rules? God rules. So humility says that God has a claim on my life. Humility says this, every person is equal. There's nobody better than anybody else. That's best proved in the world. Let me give you an example. We take a lot of pride in our looks and how important we think they are. And I like to dress well and look good and whatever, but really, we're all equal. The Bible tells that. The greatest example of that is to go to the hospital and have a test. And they take your clothes off and they give you one of these little gowns. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And you put this sucker on and all your humility and pride is showing. It's back here. And this little thing is always open, isn't it? And you think everything's good and you're trotting down. I've been there many years. You're trotting down the hall and man, they're just bouncing back there and wide out in the open. And you're prideful because your hair's right, but my friend. 
When God made us, He made us all alike, and kind of back there, we're all alike. I remember laying on the table, getting ready to have surgery. When you lay on the table, totally naked, your pride's gone, because we're all alike. In the world, we can joke about that, but we're filled with pride, and God hates it. We'll talk in a moment how pride has come into the church. It's something that you don't deal with today and never have to deal with it again. We always have to deal with pride. Now, spiritually, here's what happens. When you come to the cross of Jesus Christ, we all come the same way. You see, we're born sinners. The scripture says, how many have sinned? All. So when I come to the cross, I can't say, well, I'm not like these other people. Remember the man on the corner praying? Well, God, I'm glad I'm not like that man over there. No, God, help me. I'm a sinner. When you came to the cross of Jesus Christ, we came the same way. And here's the point. The ground at the cross is level. And if you came to Jesus Christ this morning, if you've ever accepted him as personally as your Lord and Savior, then you came on level ground. And that makes us from that point on all equal. We were equal before. We just didn't realize it. Now on this side of the cross, what I am? I'm a sinner saved by grace. Same as you. I didn't earn it. I couldn't earn it. I could never be good enough to get there. The only reason I'm on this side of the cross is because of God's grace. And that's why you are equal. So the Bible says there's no male, no female, no black, no white, no Jew, Gentile, no man, woman. What? We're all equal. You say, well, I look better. No, you don't. Not to God. So Jesus says, hey, when you come to the cross, you're equal. So why be prideful? You can't be prideful. God says this. Turn quickly to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, real quickly. When Jesus came to live in this world, he took off his robes of royalty and he came to earth as a man. And it says he made no reputation of himself. You know, we like to talk about, I know so-and-so and and I've met so-and-so and I've been at so-and-so's church and I've heard them speak and I shook hands with so-and-so. Jesus came and made of no reputation, none at all. He didn't care. He emptied himself and humbled himself and was obedient to the cross. Now look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, 7. For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? In other words, Paul says, And he was in a church that was bragging about their spirituality, their gifts. Paul said, well, wait a minute. What did you have in your life today that you didn't receive from God? That's good. Well, nothing. Then if you received it, how can you boast about it? It was a gift to you. Here's what humility says. Listen closely. If you miss everything else, listen to this. Here's what humility says. Humility acknowledges that anything good in my life is a result of a gift from God. Do you see that this morning? Well, you know, the college I went to and the education I went to and this, that, 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 and went all that. What does that have to do with anything? They're all just gifts from God. Guys, when we come into the house of God, when you look back at your ancestry, many of us were blessed to have Christian parents. Why? I don't have a clue. I don't deserve it, but I love it. And that challenges me to be a Christian mom and dad, to pass it along. So don't be prideful. You see, when Jesus came... In the book of John, John writes these things from Jesus. I'll just give them to you because I think you need to see what Jesus' attitude was. Jesus was saying to his disciples, your your attitude's wrong. Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing 
by himself. Jesus didn't brag. He says, by myself, I can do nothing in another verse. In another verse, he says this, I came down from heaven not to do my will, but the Father's will. So humility realizes this, without God in your life, you can do absolutely nothing. So humility says, if there's any good thing in your life today, and do we have lots of good things in our lives, if there's anything good in your life today, it's because of God's grace. And don't be proud of it. Be humbled because of it. And be thankful. It's a good thing for you to write down tomorrow and yesterday. God, I don't know why I'm privileged to even open your word and study it, but I'm humbled. Jesus talks about their attitude, but then he says, guys, I want to show you how to walk it out now. Your attitude's been wrong. We've kind of adjusted it a little bit. That brings us to our second point quickly. Walk with God as a servant, not wanting to be served. So Jesus took, verse 36, back in Mark, he took a little child and had him stand among them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. Jesus used a practical illustration. He brought a child up as he was teaching, set the child on his lap, and here's what he said to the disciples. Look at the child. In those days, a child, who would have been in Peter's home, had no status, really no, no worth of anything much. And certainly, as they looked at them, Jesus takes a look at this child and he says to them, this child has really few rights. There's nothing powerful about this child. And this represents the people that I want you to serve. So here's what he's saying to his disciples. If you want to be great in my kingdom, first of all, realize humility is the attitude. Then serve people. Well, what kind of people do you serve? You see, the people I want to serve are the people that can get me ahead. That can get me the best deal on a car, can find out help and how to get me promoted at work. Those people that can answer my questions, those people that can do something for me. Jesus says, that's not it. Here's a child. This child can't advance your work, can't get you a better job, can't get you a new loan, can't buy you a car, can't do anything for you, can't mow your yard. This child has nothing that can offer you. You want to be great? Serve them. And the world is filled with those kind of people, isn't it? See, the selfishness in me says, well, I'm not going to help you. I mean, look at you. You're less than me. You can't help me get ahead in life. Jesus said, that's the people you're to help. That's radical. Because, see, my selfish nature says, well, I only want to help and be around those people that can help me. Jesus says, no, do exactly the opposite. You see, the world says this, if you're great, you'll have masses of people serving you. At work, they say to you, I was a boss for many years. They say to you, when you go somewhere, how big is your hospital? How big is your department? What's your budget? How many people work for you? And you see all these numbers, and they go, well, I have more people that work for me, so I'm better than you are. You know what? You know the game. So the world says the more people that are under you, quote, makes you great. Jesus says the more people you serve makes you great. It's totally different. Totally different. Now, real greatness in the kingdom of God is not defined as status, but as service. Not defined as status, but as service. Do we have any problems with this in the church? Yes, we do. Too much of the church world today is filled with people who are prima donnas, wanting others to serve them and their needs. Jesus said in his kingdom, people should be served and not abused or used. So we have, if you remember back in the old centuries, We'd have a church, and on a Sunday morning, the pastor would be where? Way up high in his booth, where he could look down on you. 
He's elevated. He's more important than you. And we have people today, and you have to be careful of this. We all have this pride. When you're in front of people, Billy Graham says pride is an issue that has to always be addressed. We address it in the eldership all the time. They keep me humble. That's good. I want to be humble. I'm equal to you. And in the church today, we have a series of hierarchy. You'll see ads in the paper. And the name of the church is the person. Balmer's Chapel. Kind of jazz is that? It's elevating man. And we have this tremendous hierarchy. Happens even in this fellowship if you're not careful. Who are the elders? The elders are no more important than you or me. I'm equal to you. We have different functions, but we're all what at the cross? Level ground. In the Calvary Chapel movement, there is some positive things. We're just failures like anybody else. We're not perfect. It's fellowship. But we have been taught this. If you want to be a pastor... In the Calvary Chapel movement, then you must understand this. You are, number one, a servant to the people. My goal is to serve you. The elder's goal is to serve you. And that's the way things happen in this body. We're here to serve you, not to use you, but to serve you. You'll know me if you're here looking for titles or honor or special service or status. Forget it. That's not what we're about here. We're about serving Jesus Christ. Whatever it takes, serve. Here's a pet peeve with me. If you're walking in the grounds outside and you see something that needs to be picked up, pick it up. If you see some gum that needs to be picked up or a wrapper, pick it up. Why? Because it's great for your exercise. You can go one, two, three, four, five, pick it up. And it helps keep the place clean. How many like to come into a place that's mowed and edged and look clean? You like it, don't you? I mean, that should be the way God's house is. So the same thing when you're out there. This is what I do. By the way, I've dropped 15 things out there today. And when we leave, I'm going to stand out there a little early and just take pictures and see what happens out here. No, I'm not. But see, here's what a mature servant is. If you see something that needs to be done, do it. And you're doing it for God, not for me. See, some people want to do it as, and the elder's looking, is the pastor out here yet? Let's pick it up. Oh, Pastor Meyer, how are you? That isn't it. You're doing it in secret for God. I believe this. The more we serve in this fellowship, the more God will bring people in. Because this is a place where man doesn't get glory, but God gets glory. And we want to keep it away. Thanks so much for your serving. The third thing this morning as we close is this. Walk with God with acceptance without jealousy. John and the disciples know they've blown it. So John says, well, I'm going to be proud because I did something else. You're going to like it. And he says this, verse 38, Teacher, we saw a man driving out demons in your name. And we told him to stop because he wasn't from Calvary Chapel. (laughs) No, it says, he says, he was not one of us. One of the greatest sins is spiritual pride. It's really an oxymoron. Spiritual pride. The disciples were more jealous of their own reputation than another person being successful in their ministry. John thought they did the right thing. See, this was a disciple who was not part of the twelve, but he was a follower of Jesus. And when they saw this, they said, stop it. They were concerned about whose reputation, God's or theirs? Theirs. Because just before this, remember they were out here casting out demons and they failed. 
So here they come, and they see this guy over there, and he's going, hey, praise God, it worked. And they're going, stop it. My reputation. Now look at Look what happens with jealousy and spiritual pride. Jealousy and spiritual pride just takes the kingdom of God and goes, cuts it off. The reason we're here today, guys, is to help people who are lost, who need to be delivered. This man delivers this other person from a demon, and the disciples go over here, stop it. They were more concerned for their reputation than the advancement of the kingdom of God. Could that happen in your life, in my life? You betcha. So what Jesus says, look what he responds here. I think it's interesting. If you and I this morning, and I threw Calvary Chapel in there because we're just as guilty as anybody else if we fall down this road and go down this road of jealousy. What Jesus is trying to say there is this. It's ludicrous to limit the kingdom of God to a church or to an individual. Do you mean you think the kingdom of God in the world is related to only what Calvary Chapel can do or your denomination or your fellowship or you? You know, one of the greatest, saddest things I've seen in the church in the last few years is spiritual pride with the gifts of the Spirit. I speak in tongues more than you all. I do this more than you all. I do this more than you all. I can have this gift. I pray two hours a day. How's your devotion time? What has that got to do with anything? That's ridiculous. That's horrible in God's sight. So John says, we did a good thing. Look what Jesus says in verse 39. Don't stop him. You're wrong. Jesus said, no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about us. For whoever is not against us is for us. Wow. Jesus says, you're wrong. You were incorrect. John, you thought you did the right thing. But wait a minute, John. You can't be exclusive. You can't be jealous. You can't be elite. This man is in the kingdom of God. He's doing good things. We're all part of the same kingdom. What in the world is wrong with you, John? Now this morning, as you came to church, you drove by many wonderful churches in this community. They're different flavors. You know that. God has made us all different. Different is not wrong. It's just different. Because at the cross, we're all what? Level and equal. So here's what happens. We have these flavors of churches, and this is the amazing thing with Calvary Chapels to me. Next to you this morning are people that have been in this fellowship, whatever it is, this denomination, and they're, they like organs and pianos. They're a little shocked by this up here, and they like a little more order, and they're kind of shocked by me and talking, and where's my robe and whatever. And usually they've been out of here about a half hour, at least 45 minutes ago, and they're going, what the heck's going on in this place? About another five minutes, and we'll have you out. And they're going... But they're here and they're sitting next to you. Then over here we have these other people that have been in these other churches that there's a little more enthusiasm in this church. And they're saying, we've only been here an hour and a half. When's the, when's the real service start? Let's get it going here. And we're excited about the emotion and all those things. You know what we have here in Calvary Chapel? We have all of those kind of people. We have guys that were Jewish. They are Jewish. They're here, the Christians this morning. We have people that haven't ever been in church in their life and they're here to get him saved. And next to you are all these people and you don't even know it. And God's doing what? He's blending us all together because we're all part of the kingdom. So when you pass these different churches, don't go, well, man, that's not a Calvary Chapel. That's not this. That. Pray for them. Don't be jealous of God's family. It's a huge family. Not just Calvary Chapel. Thank God it's not just Calvary Chapel. And by the way, it's not just you. Well, I know and I hear from God. Enough said. What Jesus does say, 
and this is what we close with, look at their fruit and look at their faith. Notice Jesus says to the disciples, you can't just accept anybody, so you have to be discerning. You just can't accept anybody. And he says this, did the man who cast out the demon, did the demon leave? Yes. So there's fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, so that's fine. Well, whose name did this man do it in? In other words, did he have a relationship? Well, he did it in your name, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Well, then he's done it under my authority and my power, so he knows me. And thirdly, did he give the glory to God? Yes, he gave the glory to God. So then this man is one of us. So we don't want to be jealous. He's not against us. He's for us. The people that are from First Baptist or the Presbyterian or the Tab or many of the Catholics that are there or whatever, they're there, they're for us. We're on the same team. We're going to be to heaven together. Relax. When I go out to lunch with the Covenant Presbyterian guys of the Church of Christ over here, whatever, we don't wear a badge or whatever. We just go out to lunch and go, praise God. A little different. This church back here doesn't even have music. I'm glad I'm in this church. But they're glad they're in that church. But we're serving the same God. So don't be exclusive. Don't have this spiritual pride in your life. Let me say one word of caution. God loves variety, but there has to be some discernment. So if you're in a church, there has to be correct, sound doctrine. If you're in a church that preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus of the Bible, you're in a wrong church. For instance, the Jehovah Witness, the Mormons, wonderful people, but lost because their Jesus is not the Jesus of the Bible. Paul said that. If you're in a church that adds to the Word of God, they have another book. This is good, but you have to have this. Leave the church. This is all you need. If you're in a church that takes this and dilutes it, leave the church. You want to believe it. So when Paul went... Into that area, he said to those that were worshiping idols, well, you worship all these idols, let me show you the real one. And that's what he did. So be careful that you're there. Augustine said this, many whom God has, the church does not have. Many whom the church has, God does not have. We have to be careful. Last verse, 41, I tell you the truth, anyone who gives a cup of water in my name because you belong to Christ, will certainly not lose his reward. Here's what Jesus says. I love it. He says, serving God, disciples, is not limited to the spectacular. I like the spectacular. I like to see demons cast out. We should still be doing that today. It is happening. But Jesus says, it isn't just limited to that. He says, giving a cup of cold water in my name is the same thing as an offering to God. What does he mean? Here's what he means. Small Humble service is what's needed in the church of God. In those days, it's different than today. When the elders bring me a cup of cold water, they go back there to the fountain and pop the fountain on and bring me the cold water. And it's been cooking all night and have good cold water. In those days, in that area, if you've ever been over there to the Middle East, you don't go to the fountain. In those days, you went to the well. You walked out the well, you took a button, you brought it up, you carried it all the way back to the person. And on a hot, dry day, a cup of cold water was a real blessing. And that's what Jesus says. Don't just look for the spectacular. Look for the small, humble things. Look for the things that need to be done. And just do them. And if you'll do them, it's a gift to God. And God loves it. Now you have to do it with the right attitude. And the attitude is humility. Our Heavenly Father has blessed us greatly. He's given us all that we need to live the life of a believer. He's given each and every one of us ways to serve Him. And not only that, but he's also given us the power to utilize those gifts. When we realize this, it's hard to be proud. 
That's because we can grasp the idea that all good things come from our Father in heaven. He is the one we're to take pride in. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. The messages that you hear each day here on Lessons for Living were produced from messages that Pastor Mark shared at the main campus in Melbourne. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Saturday nights at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we'll learn that in order to avoid hell, we need to walk with God. Now, that might sound simple, but it's true. When we submit to God and accept His Son as our Savior, we can have the hope of heaven. However, if we reject Him, His Son, the only thing we have to look forward to is an eternity of separation from His presence. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.